All right. What makes you happy? Do me a favor. Throw it in the chat real quick. What makes you happy? What makes you happy? What makes you happy? Listen, I know we haven't really gotten to some of you people. I mean, some of you may want to get into the strategy on how do I market my book or how do I build a brand or how do I grow my following? But the stuff that we're talking about is going to make the stuff that we're going to talk about later make more sense and it'll make it a lot easier. Like happiness, identifying what's ha- what makes you happy. If we spend a little more time figuring out, figuring out what makes us happy, we'll probably spend less time doing the things that stress us out, make us unhappy, make us angry, because we can identify the things that make us happy. And in our identifying the things that make us happy, sometimes we'll identify the things that we're doing that makes us unhappy. And we don't realize we're doing things that make us unhappy until we really start to think about the things that make us happy. And then we say to ourselves, wow, this person does not make me happy ever. For me to be happy, I have to not be doing this thing. So why do I keep doing this thing? And sometimes it's just out of habit or routine. It's just how life has been for you. But we never really spend time to sit down and think, what makes me happy? What makes me happy? I had to come to a realization that for a long time, I started to feel guilty about working all the time. And again, listen, I don't know if I'm right or wrong, okay? And you might ask me this question later, and I may give you a different answer. But I had to come to the realization that working really makes me happy. It really, like progress <coughs> really makes me happy. And I was convinced that when I go on vacation, I should go on vacation for a week and not bring my laptop. I shouldn't do any work. I should just relax on the beach and just chill. But that doesn't make me happy. Why why does somebody else's definition of happiness have to be mine? It's crazy. I started talking about, y'all, I I be feeling like I got to work when I'm on vacation or when I'm on the morning meetup, I'm I'm on vacation. You're supposed to be on vacation. And I'm like, so am I supposed to not do the things that make me happy so that it appears that I'm happy according to somebody else's standard? And I had to come to the realization, I love to work. I like it. It makes me happy. Productivity. I don't, I don't, I can't, I can't just sit there and not do anything. So some people say, yo, it's it's toxic and you're working and you're addicted to work. Well, everybody's addicted to something. Listen, if you are on vacation and you feel you need to work and it feels like a job, then yes, you probably need to not work and just do what makes you happy because the thing that you're working on doesn't make you happy. But I like doing stuff. I would sit on I would like to sit on the beach and map some stuff out for work. That makes me happy. I had to come to a realization. I was I was trying to look happy to other people instead of identifying what makes me happy. Now, 
So let me let me give you another part of it. I told I told my wife, I'm not going back to Disney World. Was it Disney World, Disneyland, whatever the ones in Florida? I'm like, I'm not going. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. It'd be hot outside. And uh we was walking around and I don't do rides like that anyway. And then like I know my family gonna force me to get on a ride, and I don't like it. I don't like it. But I do it's the most magical place on earth. I don't it's the hottest place on earth. It's just hot. And we just walking around and I don't like it. However, I do enjoy watching my family be happy. So these are the these are the things that I have to go through. Do does the heat in the in me walking around trump the joy I feel when I'm with my family and hanging out and watching my daughter smile and just letting my daughter go um like eat the big turkey leg joint and getting on the rise and seeing stuff that makes her excited. That makes me happy. So I'll have to endure that, which further taught me that some of the things that make me happy won't feel good all the time. You have to take what the good with the bad. Nothing's going to be 100% happy. Am I right? There's going to be some things that you have to do. Now, it's not that working on a business, it's not that the, the challenges in the business make me happy. They don't. But if I want productivity and I want to prosper in certain areas and I want to grow certain things, I have to take the things that don't make me happy to be happy. So listen, I want, this is not about me and my, uh, my disdain for Disney World. <laughs> I still don't like that part. But I do enjoy after I go home, we can talk about it and you know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. So anyway, this is not about me. This is about you. So one thing I want you to do. Oh, 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 hold on. Cause I get to do something. I get to um, I ain't gonna do it. I was gonna DJ, but I'm gonna leave that. I'm gonna leave. <laughs> All right. So I got a couple of things that I want us to identify about what makes us happy. And we are gonna start emotionally. What makes you happy emotionally? And hopefully you guys are maybe taking notes on your phone and you can kind of keep this list because this is going to, um, you can refer back to it. If we identify the things that make us happy emotionally, we can all, when we're not happy emotionally, we can look at this list and we got something to anchor what we're feeling against. We have something to combat the feeling that we're feeling right now. So emotionally, emotionally. Let me get um, two hands. Let me get two hands. I want to know what makes you happy emotionally. Emotionally. What changes your emotions to happiness? Orlando, what up? And I'm only taking people with cameras on today. I need to see your faces. Orlando, what's up? What makes you happy emotionally? And bring them all up, Bryn. Um. Yeah, what when I saw my client crying and tearing up um, after she got out of a three-year bankruptcy mm. and watching her physically mostly break down because they were gutting her out of every financial 
dollars she almost had and mm. then to turn around and you know she didn't do it on the on the live on the gram but after we talked she just let it go good i love it i love it do me a favor orlando do more of that yes sir go help some more people so you can feel that feeling again yes sir got it so if you ever feel down emotionally you know what you got to do right yes sir go work and I want to help you and um you and um uh uh I saw the live the other day, so I wanted to talk to Tara because I know some things that can be done to help them other people too. So absolutely, absolutely. I appreciate you, my brother Maurice. What makes you happy, man? Emotionally, emotionally. Good morning, good morning. Can you hear me? Yes. Hey. Uh, what makes me happy the most would be animals. Just uh, being around something that's so selfless and something that gives you unconditional love. That's mm. that's what I like to do. So if you're ever feeling down emotionally, what should you do? Uh, go to an animal shelter. That's what I uh, do every weekend. This stuff is it's, happiness isn't necessarily rocket science, right? I mean, if we if we know what makes us happy, and sometimes we might be feeling emotionally like distraught sometimes and if we don't really go through the list and pinpoint yo this makes me happy you won't really know what to do you'll just sit in it but now we know we, we have a practice right yes i love that okay Teresa, what makes you happy emotionally hello mr shans how are you hello um being outside in nature like the moment i get outside it's sunny and it's warm and you just want to be out there and just be in it's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. 
NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. and it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. Outside nature really just changes everything for me. Gotcha. If you're ever feeling down and you're in your office working and you're emotionally distraught, what do you do? Go for a walk. Just go outside. Mm -hmm. This is good. This is good. I'm telling y'all, the answers are in your answers, right? The the answers to these questions. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. The answers to all of your emotional issues. Not all of them. But this kind of stuff helps. Um, Zuri. Where are you going, Zuri? Zuri, where are you going? Where are you going? She left. Oh. That didn't make me happy. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, it's your turn. You was next. Are you, you, you there? Hello? Yes. What makes you happy emotionally? Come on. Come on. Come on. Is it on there? Yes, you good now. Okay. Hey, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Good morning. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. What makes me happy? Emotionally. Um, emotionally. Emotionally. One huge thing was when I'm seeing my family come together and we're working out and we're working on our health and I've got my mama working and so I'm a big, huge family. I'm a huge, huge family person. So that that's the main thing. Talking to you is like, oh, my God, uh, taking a walk. But the main thing is when I'm helping ladies um, exercise or or feel good about themselves and their confidence with my dance class or with my products or with my services. So that fuels me to keep me going. I love it. Ooh, I'm so nervous. A, oh my God. A, if you're having a, an emotionally heavy day, a tough day, what should you do? Oh, I, I get out. I go out for a walk. I, I cut off my phone. I cut off everything. I disconnect. I pray, meditate. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You said the thing that makes you happy emotionally is helping people get fit. Yeah. Working out, right? Yeah. So if you ever want to be happy emotionally, what should you do? I go for a walk. I don't go work out. (laughs) Oh, so it doesn't make you happy. So it's like, yo, you either want to be with people or you want to be, and it might, that might be one of the exercises that help you emotionally. But my point is, if what if the first thing you thought about emotionally helps you, like helps you emotionally become happy, mm-hmm. you should do the thing that makes you happy emotionally. Because 
if what makes you happy is helping other people, if you're going through an emotional, a, a tough emotional time, maybe going through a walk and being by yourself may be not may not be the best thing for that emotional moment right there. That depends because I'm I'm such of a giving. I'm always around people. I'm all I'm mom. I'm mom of five kids. I got my whole family. So while they make me happy and so forth, but when I need to deal with me, my time and my space, I have to disconnect to refuel me. As you should, as you should. Thank you. But remember the thing that you said that makes you happy. Okay. 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 Keep that in mind. All right, cool. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. What do you think about that makes you happy? Like, what can you think about that puts you in a very happy mode? What's the thing that you think about that makes you happy? Throw it in the chat real quick. Throw it in the chat. I'll give you guys a few minutes to think about it, and then we'll keep running through these hands. What's the thing that when you think about it, it makes you happy? I'm telling I made I made a post yesterday that read something to the effect of if you're waiting for money to come into your life to make you happy, you will be broke for the rest of your life. And this is going to be in context. My my chat said I think sadness is the result of not finding happiness. But on a um On another level, depression is thinking something that's going, thinking something's going to make you happy. You're working really, really hard to obtain that thing. And when it doesn't make you happy, that is a good setting for depression to set in. Because let's say, for instance, your whole life, you're just down and you're depressed. And you say, I want to get married. Mar- if if I if only, if only I could find the person of my dreams, I would be happy. Oh my gosh. And then you finally get it. And that thing doesn't make you happy. Well, where do you go? There are, there are some people that thought, man, I've been broke. And if only I can get some money. If only I could get some money. Oh my gosh, I would be happy. It's it's the only thing that I'm missing. And you get a bunch of money and you're still not happy. The question is, where do you go? What do you do now? You got to search for something else that will make you happy, which could be depressing. Because the one thing you thought would make you happy your whole life, you obtain it and it doesn't. Now where do we live? What do we start to lean on? I believe, I believe someone who has not accomplished their dream is in a better mental space than someone who has. Someone who has not accomplished their dream, but they're working towards it, is in a better mental space than someone that's attained their dream. Here's what I mean. If you are in the process of going after something, you have hope for the future. Remember, Barack Obama's whole campaign was about hope because 
We can paint a picture and say, one day you'll have this. And then we're excited because we have hope for the future. Back in the days of like civil rights and like, like African-Americans are going through a really, really tough time. But there were some key leaders that sparked hope, which allowed us to be happy in this space. One day we'll be able to coexist. Hope. I'm excited because we will go after it. Listen, the reason I'm in the situation I'm in right now is because there's something else out there. There's something better. Well, if you go get that something better and it doesn't have the feel that you thought it was going to feel like, where do we go from here? We could be depressed because we're like, well, if that thing doesn't make me happy, what will? So you will find people that are at the end of their rope. Listen, first off, I don't know. I don't know. This is me speculating. But Kanye West doesn't seem happy. You know what I mean? I think accomplished maybe his dream, maybe more than he's ever like thought he would accomplish. During that documentary, did he ever think he'd be a billionaire? Maybe. I don't know. But he went after that thing. And it almost seems like, it almost seems like he was happier on the journey. I don't know. This is me speculating. I don't know. I think, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. It just doesn't, some people that accomplish the dream, they just don't seem happy. You're thinking to yourself, you know, if I had millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars, billions of dollars, I would be happy. I don't know about that. I can't say, I can't say that I'd be so sure about that. I say all of this to say is we have to get happy right now. We got to get happy right now. And then all the stuff that comes later will amplify our already happiness. I'm here to tell you. I was not miserable at the Cheesecake Factory. I was happy. I was excited that I made more this week than I made last week at the Cheesecake Factory. Yo, I, I would get so excited when I could run the bill up. I knew they came in for lunch and they were going to spend $30. But if I could run that bill up to 100 where I got them to get some drinks, I got them to get an appetizer, I got them to get some dessert. Oh my gosh, I'm lit. I've acquired a skill set. It wasn't even the tip. It wasn't them giving me a tip that made me happy. It was my ability to be growing and my ability to get you to get something that you want, but you weren't going to spend money on. You were going to get two sandwiches, but now your bill's at $100. I'm, what's the H word? Absolutely. I'm happy. I'm telling you, y'all, you better get happy right now. Because if you're not, when all the stuff comes that you dream about, it'll probably make you more when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply sad 
because it's not going to give you the feeling that you think. Money won't save your emotions. I want you to remember that. Money won't save your emotions. Imagine, oh my gosh. I got, so I hope you guys understand. Here's what's cool. If you are happy now, you won't be so pressed on the outcome, which will allow you to relax in this journey of entrepreneurship, which will allow you to get there a lot faster. The fastest way to get rich is slowly. If we are willing to take our time and be patient and enjoy the ride, you'll be more effective. I started selling more t-shirts because I wasn't focused on the selling of the t-shirt. I was focused on connecting with people. If I can connect this brand with someone and they like they sit there, yo, I don't know if y'all, y'all, most of you may have not met me at the at the kiosk where I was selling t-shirts, but I had a bad business model. In an effective business model, the objective is not to build a relationship with the person. The objective is to get the sale so that I can make another one. When you go into the shoe store, they say, is there something that I can help you with? Their objective is to get you the shoes, try them on, get you checked out as soon as possible. Because if I spend too much time with this one person, someone else might walk in, look around and walk out. When I could have converted that. It is not beneficial for Chick-fil-A to build a relationship with the customer. It's fast food. There's an assembly line. We got to get you in and get you out. I had a bad business model at the kiosk because everybody that came up, I wanted to talk to them. And I wanted to get to know them. And I wanted to find the perfect shirt for that person's situation. And I'm sitting there talking to somebody. I don't know if, if anybody here ever uh, met me at the kiosk when I was just in grind mode, like where this is, this is my, this is my beginning. I'm out there. I ain't got no employees. I'm just rocking. Right. If you can't show Sean has. So, all right. So Sean, all right. This is camera. Is Sean's camera on Sean Washington. Yeah, it is. This one. Let me bring you in. Hey, Sean, when did you meet me at the kiosk? I can't believe it's 848. What, what what year you think? Hold on, let me ask you. Go ahead. Uh, oh, um, 2017, 2018. One of those years. For sure, I was in the thick of things. Right he was now. in there. Yeah. Yes, sir. How do we meet? Um, initially we met. I went to DC in 2017 to hear ET speak. Yep. You spoke, and I binge watched your content the whole month of October. Joined the Sleepless Nights program. For sure. And, um, when you came to the kiosk, did you just get a shirt and leave? Um, no. I got I actually got the Bob called Blessed hat. Met Marcus Rozier. Had a conversation with him. Had, uh, and, he just happened to be at the kiosk that day? Yeah, he just pulled up. Yeah. <laughs> just Yo, talking. Yeah. I'm, tell, I'm telling you. So, yeah, it was called the kiosk experience. You never know who's going to be there because my yeah. it was a gathering spot at the kiosk. And we yeah. would sit there and talk, chop it up. Now, now think about how bad this business model is, Sean. If I'm talking to you, like at, at the mall, y'all know, the way to make money in the mall is somebody's walking by and you got to lock eyes with them and then like try to grab them over. Y'all know y'all be avoiding the people in the mall, don't you? Don't 
Don't don't lie. Y'all, y'all try to act like y'all don't see us. We be trying, we need to talk to you because that's how we make money. So if I'm right. talking to Sean and we're kind of talking about his goal and his dream, and he's gonna spend $25 on a t-shirt, but I talked to him for 45 minutes. You know how many people walk by the kiosk that I could have converted into a sale? But that didn't happen, did it? It's probably just random people, right there, Sean? Just yeah. It's a bad business model. But I, I I felt so comfortable trading money for an experience, not just for the customer. It wasn't like, all right, let me spend some time with Sean because one day he's going to come in and buy another shirt. And it wasn't about that. The It was the journey. I was happy then. I was happy the year I made $250,000, but I only took home 30. Meaning I made less as an entrepreneur making a quarter million dollars than I did working at the Cheesecake Factory. But guess what? I was happy. When I was working at the Cheesecake Factory, happy. Working at Olive Garden, happy. I wasn't that happy when I was working security. Until my boy started working there. Well, actually, he, he got me the job and they wound up putting us on the same shift. And those are some of the happiest days. Of my, like, we're just happy. We just be walking around, talking, chopping it up. We bring the cards. We play tug. <laughs> We're supposed to be walking around securing a joint. We'll find a little spot. We'll play tug. We'll take a little nap. It was like happy. We leave happy. That's why I feel like I'm happy today. Because it's not about all the stuff. The stuff will amplify it. But we got to get happy right now. I'm sorry. Thank you so much. Yo, I, dang, I can't believe it's 851. I had mad more things. To, okay. Okay. All right. Let me get these two. Okay. Uh, Kiki. Kiki? I don't feel comfortable calling you Kiki. Kiefer's. It's the Kiefer's. It's the guy that was on your... Uh, oh, what's up? What up? Just, oh, okay. he can't unmute. Sorry. Hold on, my bad. There he is. There he is. Go ahead. What's the thing... Hey, what's think, up? What up? What up? What's the thing that you think about that makes you happy? Man, um, providing experiences for my family. I love it. Just thinking about it, right? Just thinking about it, man. Like, I... On the, on the, uh, coming from the gym, listen to the morning meetup this morning. I was like, yo, my mama's birthday's coming up. I'm going to get her a limo. I'm going to take her out probably to Cheesecake Factory, pull up on the um, Magnificent Mile. Like, we, man, we out here. I love it. So if you're ever having a really, really tough day, do you know that you can just start, you just like get quiet and start thinking about the experiences you're going to have with your family? And it will probably change how you feel. Facts. Big Thanks facts. In it. Good stuff, man. I appreciate that. Keep laughing. What's the thing you think about that makes you happy? Okay. Uh, so a thing I think about is succeeding coming from the poorest country in the Western hemisphere and then being able to inspire more people like, like more Haitians and more people in the bottom billion to do the same. That's really like what makes me excited. I love it. I love it. If you're ever having a bad day, what do you think about? Just think about like the other people that I'll be able to inspire and do the same. And grow yes. yes thank you so much that was beautiful so I, i'm gonna run through the other things that like it was supposed to be an exercise and i was gonna get through like six of them and i apologize my rants but i am really uh passionate about happiness i'm telling you i've been through you know what dj dave will be back <laughs> dj dave will be back so look um physically what makes you happy physically 
what makes you happy physically. And maybe, maybe I haven't been to the gym because the gym doesn't make me happy at all. You know what I mean? It just doesn't, it doesn't make me happy. I, I'll go work out. I'm supposed to feel accomplished, but I actually, <laughs> I'm actually frustrated when I leave. I'm like, dang, now my body feels crazy. But I got I got to change that mindset. <laughs> I really have to change that mindset. So put it in the chat, man. What makes you happy physically? What makes you happy physically? What makes you happy physically? Physically. What makes you happy physically? Eating a salad makes me happy physically. Believe it or not. Just knowing I'm making the right decisions physically. Playing basketball makes me happy physically. Van Gogh hoop physically. I make makes me happy. Baby making. Hey, man, do what makes you happy. You know what I mean? <laughs> you gotta do what makes you happy. Okay. If you're ever not having a good day, go make a baby, man. <laughs> All right. Next, what makes you happy financially? What makes you happy financially? What makes you happy financially? Some of us, we see a certain amount in the bank that we've saved and we like, yo, this makes me happy. I feel accomplished. Yes, looking at saving, that makes me happy. Putting money into some sort of investment, happy. Nah, crypto, not so much lately. You know what I mean? But you get what I'm saying. Happy. Happy. What makes you happy financially? Now, check this out. Um, I had a friend one time who said, um, shop, hold on. Going shopping is one of the best feelings in the world. It's like retail therapy. She said, it's almost, she didn't say organic, but if you put, What's up, podcaster or soon-to-be podcaster? Get ready to level up your podcast game because the number one podcast education summit of the year is back, and it's bigger and better than ever. I'm talking about the second annual podcast summit happening on July 4th and 5th in the content creation capital of the world. You already know, ATL, baby. Atlanta, Georgia, going down July 4th and 5th, two full days. Imagine this. Imagine you getting all the game you need to take your voice, your brand, your your business to the next level. Imagine getting all the insider tips. Imagine getting all the know-how that you've been craving for the last two, three, four years where you're talking about you're going to start a podcast, but you haven't yet because you don't have the tools, you don't have the tips, you don't have the tricks. I don't care if you're just starting or you're a seasoned pro. This summit has something for everyone. Picture you mastering the basics of setting up your podcast or unlocking the secrets to grow your brand on social media. We're not just talking about podcasting here. I'm talking about you want to build a long form catalog, whether it's skits, movies. We got people talking about script writing. This is an incredible experience. Imagine, imagine discovering the art of securing these lucrative sponsorship deals. And that's not all. Learn the ropes of creating a pitch deck that has sponsors knocking down your door. Oh, wait, 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 wait. There's more. This isn't just a summit. This is an experience. I'm telling you. Rub shoulders with industry leaders 
And you got to network with the other people that are doing what you're doing. All the guests that have ever been on Social Proof Podcast, I'm giving them a free ticket. And in exchange, they promise me that they're going to sit down and do short interviews with you. We got podcast booths for our VIP members where you can sit down, pull somebody to a side, and you're going to create content in real time. I know what you're thinking. How do I get a part of this podcasting paradise? Well, it's simple. All you have to do is head over to podcastsummit.com, grab your tickets now, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I have something really, really special for you. I got a little treat for my early birds, people who take action. The next 20 listeners and only 20 listeners who get your tickets right now, okay, I'm not only going to give you 20% off of whatever ticket level you get, you get 20% off, but if you use the promo code BIGDEAL, It'll take 20% off immediately, but I'm also going to allow the first 20 people t- listening to this right now to be able to bring a friend, bring a teammate, bring a partner for absolutely free. You get general admission, they get general admission. You get VIP, they get VIP. Whatever ticket level you purchase, you get to bring a friend, partner, colleague, boo thing for absolutely free. Nothing extra required. My team's going to reach out to you, get your partner's name, or if you don't have the person you no, right now yet you got time no pressure you get us back but use that code big deal that triggers to let us know you get to bring someone for free so don't wait so secure your spot at the number one podcast education summit in the country join us july 4th and 5th in atlanta let's turn your podcast dreams into a reality y'all head over to podcastsummit.com use promo code big deal at checkout and get your tickets now don't miss out on the opportunity to take your podcast to new heights take your brand to new heights take your business to new heights with this unprecedented offer okay i'll see you at the summit and don't forget to use promo code big deal a g in there somewhere and then take out the n and add like some s's and m's she said that's what Shopping makes her feel feel like I was saying out loud. I might be kids here, you know what I mean? But that was yo, she, she, like shopping. If she's ever down, she goes shopping. Now we might think that's irresponsible, unless that's your plan and you have some sort of s- savings. A percentage of your income goes toward the thing that makes you happy. If shopping makes you happy every single month, maybe you're saving a portion of your income, or you start a business so that you can make money and you take the money to go shopping. Some people will say that that is irresponsible, but if it makes her happy, if building a business so that she could take the money to go shopping because she she wants to look nice and she loves purses and shoes and all that kind of stuff, more power to you because I believe in making yourself happy. It's important. I got another question for you. We're almost done. What are some of the toxic things that make you happy? And we got to start to analyze those because maybe they make you happy for a little bit, but there's a crash. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't do them at all, but we just have to be careful. I'm not saying not to do them at all, but we just have to be careful. We have to acknowledge this is something very, it's a, it's a very toxic activity, but it makes me happy to do it, but we have to be careful. Come on. Okay. Just be careful. Lil' Kim Hardcore album. (laughs) 
It's a very toxic classic. You know what I mean? <laughs> I ain't gonna lie to you. It's a very toxic classic. You know what I mean? <laughs> she said, we'll give a hardcore album. I feel you. So listen, be careful. Be careful. So let's say somebody has some sort of um, porn addiction. And like when I'm indulging in this, it makes me happy. I'm not here to say don't do that. I'm here to say be careful. Just be careful. And uh, if, if we acknowledge it, if we acknowledge it, then we don't let ourselves go into that toxic thing where we just, we go after it every time we think about it. We just manage it. Okay. And lastly, uh, spiritually, what makes you happy? What makes you happy spiritually? So at, in my church, we have like these sermons where we'll be able to explain a point using different parts of the Bible. So I am in, so we have like five books. I'm in my fourth book, fifth subject. And I just got signed off on a subject last Saturday. It made me so happy. And I'm like, yo, I need to, I need to get my next subject. I need to do my next subject. Uh, we got to keep the thing in front of us. I don't know if any of you ever been in kind of um, uh, any type of organization like a network marketing or something like that. And they typically tell you that you need to have pictures of the stuff that you want everywhere, like in your house, in your car. You just need to have pictures because you got to you got to constantly be reminded. The world will constantly remind you that things are going to like that things are crashing. The world will constantly remind you. Instagram will remind you that life is not fun. Social media will remind you that we're all doomed. Everything in our life. When we go to job, when we go to our job, we constantly are reminded that things are trash. But we gotta we gotta combat that with seeing the thing that we want. Okay, so let's get into it, man. Today's topic, today's conversation is on designing the life you deserve. So today we are going to design. Say, I deserve it. Throw it in the chat. Say, I deserve it. Throw it in the chat. I deserve it. I deserve it. And we're going to design the life that you deserve. Here's what I understand. That the world has a life designed for you. The world has plans for you. And if you don't have plans for yourself and you just accept what the world gives you, I promise you, you will feel like, man, I don't even deserve, I don't deserve to be treated like this. But today we are going to design the life. And what I did was I was doing some research and I had to identify what it means. Like, how do they design houses? And I said, "Woo, the way they design houses is exactly how we need to design our lives especially our businesses. So this is an entrepreneurial community and I want everybody to, I, I will talk a lot in terms of like finances and money and building your business. I don't want you to think that those are the most important things in the world. These aren't, these, money is not the most important virtue, okay? But I talk to entrepreneurs and this is what I talk about on a regular basis. So um, I believe, I believe when you find something, some sort of activity that makes you happy, and that activity that makes you happy brings you money, golly, that is a life. 
I deserve, me personally. If I had money, but I wasn't doing something that I absolutely loved or something that made me happy, that's not a life that I want to design. Or if I was doing something that I love, but it couldn't afford me kind of like the financial security, that's not the life that I think I deserve. So it's those two things, being able to do something that you love and it makes money because the thing that you love makes you happy. You making money allows you to do things for other people that makes them happy, your family, you know, your, your, your mentors, your mentees, things of that nature. It's really, really cool. This, this Thursday, I'm going down to Miami to hang out with some morning meetup family members. And I'm going to take them to breakfast. And some of y'all might order more than you would normally order if you were paying for it. But that's cool. You know what I mean? Just, <laughs> just order how you normally order. You know what I mean? Like, don't try to get something to go. You know what I mean? <laughs> now, you know you normally order an orange juice. And you typically go and drink it slow. You're not going to refill it. But so y'all going to get three or four to enjoy. And I, it is what it is. You know what I mean? <laughs> but um, I re- y'all <laughs> y'all gonna get all seventy nine dollars worth of this month's membership <laughs> tomorrow Thursday. Okay. Anyway, let's let's just jump into it because we're gonna design the life that we deserve, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. So this is how they design houses. Okay. So one, the first thing, the first thing they are gonna decide is what is the budget, meaning how much are you willing to pay. Before we start designing a house, they say, well, the first question is, what is your budget? You cannot start designing a house without knowing how much money you want to put into it. You can't. Likewise, in our lives, we cannot start designing a life unless we know how much we're willing to pay. It is going to be a cost. There's going to be a cost attached. We can't say, y'all, I want to design a billion-dollar life. How much you want to pay? Eh, I really want to sleep late every day. I don't want to give up weekends and holidays. Listen, some of, some of you all spent time with your family yesterday. I spent time with my family yesterday. I didn't do any work. I did a little work, a little work. But some of you was like, yo, I don't want to do any work, and I want to spend time with my family, and that's cool. Again, I spent time with my family. There were some people that said, yo, I can't afford it right now. I can't afford to spend time with my family, not this year. But the thing I'm going to do today will make sure I can spend time with my family next year. They're saying I'm willing to give up some things right now to get what I want later. I predetermined this is what it's going to cost me. I know. I understand it. Like I told you all, we have a, we have a, uh, I have my son coming in November. Y'all see when I say son, like my face lights up. I have my son coming in November and I told my wife, I'm going to have to pay something. So from, from now until November, I, I need a little grace. There's a lot of things that I'm going to have to do. A lot of sacrifices. I may not be able to go to every family trip. I may not just in this time frame. I'm willing to pay something. Not that I don't want to. Not that I don't want to hang out and be cool and chill with my family. But I, at this, I can't because I'm paying that price. So you're really going to have to have a conversation with yourself and say, what am I willing to pay? This is very important. The amount that you're willing to pay affects the size of your house. 
We understand that? You catch that? Whatever the budget is, whatever the budget is for a house, that affects the size of the house. If you're willing to pay more, you'll get more house. Period. You get more house, better location, if you're willing to pay more. But we got to pay it up front now. Listen, however much you paid 10 years ago has a lot to do with the house that you built today in terms of your business, your life, your comfortability, whatever. Whatever you did 10 years ago, if you were partying, if you were like doing all kind of weird stuff 10 years ago, it's probably why we have the size of the house that we have today. And you might say, yo, I don't, this, this house is uncomfortable. The, the life that I'm living, I don't fit here anymore. I'm too big for this because you're growing. However, the decisions that you made yesterday determine the size of the house that you have today, which is cool because if we're willing to put more upfront here today than tomorrow, we will have a mansion. We will start like our life will be free, but we got to determine what we're willing to pay. And I'm not telling you that I'm not telling you that you need to um, put it all out there because you might not desire a big life traveling every weekend. You might not desire it. So, but I'm asking you, like, just have a conversation with yourself. What are you willing to give up? What are you willing to pay? What is the price you are willing to pay today to have something tomorrow? Listen, I'm not, I said on a bunch of interviews. I'm not willing to pay the price. I'm not willing to pay the price to be a billionaire right now. I'm not willing. I don't want to pay it. Some of you say, yo, I don't want to pay the price right now to be a millionaire, multi-millionaire. I don't want to pay that because that's not the that's not the type of life that I want to live. And that's 100% okay. And don't let anybody on social media tell you any different. Don't let anybody tell you that's not okay because it is. I give you two sides of a coin. You can go hard for the next five years. Let's say you have a newborn child. You can go hard for the next five years and miss the most precious five years of a child's life. The first five years, oh my gosh, they're amazing. But you can have everything you want in five years. But you'll never get those five years back. You'll never get those first words back. You'll never, you'll never get that attachment that your child has to you back. You'll never get it back. You can listen the next 10 years, you, the next 10 years, you can go hard and lose trust with your family, with your spouse, with your kids, neglect your friends, because you're going after a goal. And in 10 years, you might have enough money to live the next 70 years without having to work. But that's the price you're willing to pay. Or, or you cannot do anything right now. You can like, be the per like start becoming the person that you are designed to become and you start personal development and you start like you start working on love and consideration and spending time with your family and spend the next 10 years struggling financially but abundant in love just in 10 years you start the process you just understand the house that you built i'm not saying either way i'm just saying we need to determine the price that we're willing to pay for the life that we want. That's all I'm asking. How much time do you have to, 
dedicate to this to the building of this life? How much money are you willing to invest in masterminds and trainings and courses, things of that nature? How much energy are you willing to put forth? Let's just determine the budget, okay? Number two, number two, location. So first they determine the budget and then when they start building a house, they start looking at location. And they're saying, where do you want this house? I'm saying as an entrepreneur, we need to decide what industry, what field, what location of business we want to play in. Let's just decide it. I've decided to jump into content creation. Terika decided to jump into real estate. Where do you want to start building this business or start building this life? In what avenue? Some of you might say, I want to go the nonprofit route. That's cool. But I, I, let's just determine how much we're willing to pay and then like where, what field we're going to put all of this investment in. So some of us are only going for the money. The only thing we know is we want to make six figures or we want to make seven figures. And we start jumping around location to location, industry to industry, business to business, and we haven't made a determination. This is the playground that I want to play in. I've decided content creation is my thing, podcasting, YouTube, all that. My, my biggest objective is not selling products to people. My big objective is to doing business with corporations, meaning I, be, I can entertain and educate an audience and grow the audience and have corporations pay for big sponsorships because I have this audience. I just decided the location that I want to play in. I don't want to sell stuff to people. I've decided that for myself. You are going to have to decide the location. After you figure out what you're, the price you're willing to pay, let's figure out the location. Where am I going to live? Now, what's cool is this may change and that's okay. You might move to Atlanta and say, yo, I, don't, I heard great things about Atlanta. I thought, I thought Atlanta was different. You know what I mean? I'm going to Vegas. And that's okay. You already, you, but, but you have determined the price you're willing to pay. And one of the prices you're willing to pay is figuring out what industry you want to live in. And that's okay. So I'm not entrepreneurship shaming anybody. Because it took me, it's almost like I'm telling somebody, stop jumping around business to business. But that's exactly what I did until I figured out what I really, really wanted to do. I was trying, but 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 the purpose of this conversation is so that you're aware of it and being intentional. Like I'm not trying, I'm not searching for what makes me the most money. The first thing I want to decide is what area do I want to play in? Let's just be more intentional. If you understand, just say I understand. If you understand, just say I understand. Shout out to Marlon, man. Got my note, take, take her back, man. It's my boy right there. If you say, if you understand to say, I understand, you might want to get into relationship coaching. You might want to jump all into the, the cryptos and the NFTs and say, yo, this is the location that I'm going to make my millions. Let's figure it out. Okay. All right, cool. Number three, number three. So um, when they start designing a house, they say you want to uh, match your home to your lifestyle. So the the style of home that you want, how the home fits your personality. As an entrepreneur, we got to figure out what type of lifestyle we want. So we've determined that we are going to put uh, 50 hours a week into our business. And then we figured that our business is going to be real estate. Okay. 
But now we got to determine the, 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 the style of home that we want to live in, meaning the lifestyle that we live in or the lifestyle that we lead. So there's a couple of different ways. You say, well, I want to get into real estate. Well, I could go into wholesaling because the lifestyle I like is I want to, I, I want the, I want the money up front. I'll be looking for houses, come back, flip it, sell a contract, go back, sell the contract, go back. That's that's work. Some people say, well, my style is I want to be an investor for buy and hold, meaning I buy real estate and I just live in it. Not live in it, but I hold on to it and get the rental income. So like my goal, I have, I have some real estate goals now, obviously working with Tara because she's just expanding my whole mindset. One of the ways I want to make money is not take a property, fix it, flip it, and make 15000 make 20000 I want to take a property, fix it up, and just make that $1,000 every single month or make that $600 every single month and get to 100 units, paying me $600 every single month. That's the, that's the style that I want to go into in terms of real estate. However, I picked, I picked a content creation method that requires me to constantly be working and constantly meet people, but I like that. Some of you say, that ain't my lifestyle. I want to create a lifestyle where I don't have to do nothing for the money. That's not the lifestyle I want to live. I want to keep active. I love interviewing people. I love creating content. I love coming up with content. Listen, the morning meetup with this lifestyle would not work for everybody. What do you mean you got to get up in the morning every single morning and be on a call? I don't like that. But I'm just telling you, I'm designing the life that works for me. Listen, for me to have a jump start every day, I got to see y'all faces. I got to talk to y'all. I got to listen to y'all. I got to have that engagement. I got to see the chat. I got I to gotta see that stuff. This is the lifestyle for me. I'm asking you to design a lifestyle for you and just stop doing stuff. But at least consider, what is the lifestyle that I want to lead? And what business should I be in that's going to afford me this particular lifestyle? Is this making sense? If it makes sense, just put makes sense on here. If it makes sense, just put, I, it makes sense. I get what you're saying. Okay. Number four. Number four. <laughs> now this may get a little deep. Might get a little deep. But uh, in designing a house, after you figure out your budget, what you're willing to pay, and then uh, identifying the location and then the style of house, they say you need to give a quick brief to your architect. You need to give a quick brief to your architect. The person that will be actually designing and building your house, you need to talk to them and tell, you, tell them what you want. What does that mean to y'all? What does that mean? One side, one side, we say some people might look at it as prayer. We might look at it as, yo, let me just tell, let me tell the architect, listen, I got all these plans. I have all these plans. But I need to continue to communicate with the architect who's going to build it. Listen, I understand fully, fully that I can have every great plan in the world. This is just the way 
that my faith is set up, not pushing on anybody else, but I am very, very clear about who I am and what I believe. I've had, I'm very clear that the plans that I have for myself might not be in my best interest. I'll say it again. The plans that I have for myself may not be in my best interest. I look at my daughter. There's all kinds of stuff that my daughter wants to do. And I'm looking at her father saying, that's not going to be, you'll get, you'll hurt yourself, baby. It's not your best interest. If it was up to her, she'd eat goldfish all day. She'd eat the little goldfish. All She loved them little goldfish. She's not feeling no, uh, showing nothing green like that. She will eat fruit. Goldfish loves them. Baby, that's not in your best interest. You can tell me your plans or what you want. And here's what I know. Just be very, very careful. Because some of us want a lot of money, but it may not be in your best interest right now. There are a lot of um, there are a lot of artists that are going through a lot because they have money and power. And if we pray for money and power, we can't necessarily handle it. It wouldn't be in our best interest to have it. So we may be looking at ourselves as our own architect, like we built our life. And, and if that's your belief, that's your belief. Cool. But for me and my house, we understand that we are not the master architect. If you believe that you are the architect, then continue to talk to yourself. Whatever your God is, talk to that person. You might be your God. Now, I understand that some people believe that, and that is a very valid belief. I, I, I'm not saying right or wrong. I'm just saying that when building a house, you got to talk to the architect. Do we understand? You understand to say I understand. Now, on the other side, the, the less deep side, the people that are building your house is not you. Meaning, if you have a team, you have to continue to tell them your plan. And I, I, I've i been talking a lot with uh, a lot of friends and uh, people who have teams. And I realized that it's not really common that the person building the business continues to tell the team what the objective is. They only tell the person that's building the windows to build the windows. Only telling the people that are like laying the floor, hey, lay the floor. But they're never really telling the vision of the house. Everybody, and this is, I, I, I learned this through building out this, this uh, studio we just built. If you keep people in silos, it's very difficult for everybody to get on the same page. And someone's interpretation here, and someone's interpretation here, for instance, someone, the person that was do doing the air, like the HVAC, I'm saying, I need the HVAC put in. I need the, the, the air system put in. But if I had not coordinated with the person that's doing the drywall, like putting the walls up, and there were a bunch of miscommunications, because the the... The people, the sheetrock people closed up a wall, but the, the person putting in the air needed that open. I have to give the entire vision to everybody. We got to 
if you are going to build a lot, anybody that has anything to do with this house needs to have conversations about the house. You got it. You got to keep talking to your team. You got to keep talking to the people that are building that. You're not building the house your own by yourself. You need plumbers. You need electricians. You need drywall people. You need roofers. You need all that kind of stuff. I'm just saying, when they start building out the plans, they say you got to give a brief description to the architect. You have to tell the architect what you want. You have to be very, very clear and concise on the thing that you want and being able to express it. So some of you know what you want, but it's really hard for you to say it. I'm, again, I'm not shaming anybody because this is something that I'm working on myself. As a leader, being able to say the vision in my head out of my mouth so that other people understand it. It's a skill set to acquire. So work on your communication of the dream. Work on your communication of what this looks like for your team and for yourself. What's crazy is the more you can articulate it, the better you understand it. When someone starts telling me about their business or their idea or their concept or whatever, I know how much they understand what they're saying based on their ability to communicate it to me. Yo, y'all see on Thursday, we'll, we'll start seeing on Q&A where someone asks a question and I need some clarity on the question. And we realize that the question that they just asked isn't the question that they're looking for because they have no idea what they're looking for until we have more conversation. Then we have to say, oh, so this is what you want to know. Got it. The only issue is I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know how to say what's on my head out of my mouth to people. And that tells me that I'm still confused. Was Martin Luther King confused at all about the vision? He said, no, 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 he wasn't confused. He wasn't saying, I want, I want black people to do better. And I want us to like, I want us to like hang out with each other and love each other. And we just be better as a people. He didn't say that. And he said, I have a dream. But then, it, like, very, very clearly, exactly what the dream looks like. Which I believe was why he was so effective, because he could explain what's on his head. Yo, if you ever, if you ever have a chance to listen to Louis Farrakhan, he can speak in the heat of summertime, full soup, three hours, very clear. Oh my, one of my favorite orators ever. He has the ability to take what's going on in his head and what's going on out in the world and make sense of the question that's being asked mixed with the climate of what's going on, mixed with his information, and give a beautifully articulated message of what's going on in his head, leaving no one confused. <laughs> you know, I've, I've never been confused by one of Louis Farrakhan's answers, ever. I got it. Being able to articulate the dream is just as important as being able to work hard for it. Because once you're clear, you'll know exactly where you're going. Somebody throw it in the chat. Put some of, your some of your favorite orators in the chat. Some of your favorite orators. I'm talking about when they're done with a message, you like, oh, I got it. 
I got it. I, yeah, clear now. Clear. Put your favorite Maya Angelou, Eric Thomas. Absolutely. Oprah. Absolutely. T.D. Jakes, one of the best to do it. One of the best to T.D. Jakes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> T.D. is an animal. J. Cole, 100%. His, his songs are so clear. He understands what he has to say. Patrick Bet David. Oh, my goodness. If y'all ever have a chance to listen to Patrick Bet David, I want you guys, listen, just start Googling Patrick Bet David. Darius Daniels, 100%. Myron, Joel Osteen, Malcolm X, Barack Obama, absolutely. He gave the whole world hope. I gave the whole world hope. Check this out. Check this out. All the people that we put in the chat, I want you to start to study the way they're articulating a message. So for some of you, you have it here, but you can't say it. But if you can't say it, you can't get nobody to help you with it. And then you're on your own. And then you'll be frustrated saying, yo, why? Okay, let me think. Let me think before I start lying. Before I start lying. Um... Very few people, and I was actually thinking about this the other day, very few people quit working for me. Like they say, I don't want to work for you anymore. And I pride myself in that. If someone stops working for me, it just means it didn't work out. And I and I was thinking, this isn't working out. Not saying I, I just go around firing people, but very few people. I think because for the last 10 years, I've been working on my ability to communicate. For me personally. I mean, I find a whole bunch of people to say, yo, I hate this guy. <laughs> that worked for me. Like it just and I and I'm willing, I understand that I am not the best communicator, which drives me to continue to fix my words. And some of us only work on our ability to work and we never focus on our words. If you wanna build this thing, you gotta be able to say it. You've gotta be able to say it, practice saying it. Practice saying it. Okay, good. Lastly, lastly, um, as we build out this house, I want you to fill this home with the people that you love. Imagine having a house where everybody's mad at each other and everybody's arguing, no one likes each other. That is called a prison. But just remember, you are going to build something marvelous. And I want you to take great care of the people that you love, that are loved ones, like just take great care of those people along the way. Now, some some people might be upset that you're you're missing family functions. They may be upset with you, but I don't want you to get upset with them because they just don't understand. Because eventually, eventually, they'll understand what you were doing, and as long as you didn't disrespect them along the way, like oh my gosh, I hate you, you ain't you'll never support me, da da da. Just remember that person is going to live in the house that you built. When you become successful, they'll understand it. They'll understand it. Trust me. I, I've uh, no regrets with the people that are around me. 
because I knew it. I knew I was going to be successful. I, I knew. Listen, my my best friend Brandon, right? We I started the, the company Sleepers for Suckers, and then he started helping. But then, not really. He wasn't really the entrepreneurial type right there. Then he got to stop, and I got mad. Like, yo, man, he ain't really helping me. You you said he's gonna help me, and you're not. You lazy. You ain't working. I never said that because I love him. And I just knew, I knew, I knew I was going to build this thing. And one day I just hit him like, yo, let's go on this family trip. I'll, I'll get the spot. Y'all just, you just come. Or I'll just be able to travel with my best friend. I knew, I knew it. He didn't owe me anything. Like when we signed up to be best friends, it wasn't like, yo, I'm going to support every business that you do and I'm going to work for you. That's not what best friends sign up for. But he's still my best friend. It's really, really cool. So just remember, don't disrespect your family. If they don't, if your family doesn't support you, the the problem is probably you haven't given them you haven't given them anything to support. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah, you know, some people like you're mad at your family for not supporting you, but you haven't given them any reason to think that they should support this thing that you're doing. There's no reason. Imagine this. You're mad that they don't support your business, but they've seen you do three businesses in the last year. They're like, yo, it's not a top priority for me to support this right now. I love you, but I don't support all the stuff that you're doing because I'm going to give you some money and you're not going to be doing it again. You can't really articulate the vision, so why would someone believe you? If you are a spouse and you are an entrepreneur, okay, and your spouse doesn't support you, it's probably because you haven't given them anything to support. It's really cool, man. My, listen, my, my wife, she's not a, a natural entrepreneur. And when we met, I was entrepreneurian, but I was entrepreneurian. But it wasn't to this level. And it just took her a little while to understand my, my, my flows. Like, yo, I'm about, to go, I'm about to go into the cave for a few months meaning I got a lot of work to do. But she's seen this pattern before. When I come up, it's lit. We out, we traveling, we kicking it, we go shopping, you get the bags you want, da 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 Like, she sees the pattern. I've given her something to support. Go win. Put it in the chat. Go win. Go win. You want people to support you? Go win. Go win. Don't get mad at people for not supporting you if you ain't got nothing to support. Of course, they, they just don't, like, you have, there's no evidence. There's no evidence that says the thing that you're talking about right now is going to work out for you. So why would I make it a high priority? You're not making it a high priority for yourself. So why, why are your friends obligated to make your business a high priority? They got other stuff to do that day that your event is going on. I, they couldn't make it, and now you're mad at them. They got stuff to do. You're not really mad at them. You're just mad at the fact that you couldn't get 200 of your ideal clients in a building. So your one friend that couldn't make it, you're upset because there was only five people there and they would have made six. So you're mad at them for not coming to support when really you should be mad at yourself because you don't know how to market and you don't have a product that people love and you can't get people engaged in your product. So now you put all that anger and energy and attention on your best friend and you break up with your best friend not realizing that you are going to build a huge house and you want them in it. And then we start, that's where regret begins.
If you like the video that you just watched, click this one. You're going to like this one, maybe even more. Click it right now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.